Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. We are in the midst of a profound customer revolution. Customers have taken control of our company's destinies. Customers are transforming our industries. And customers' loyalty, or lack thereof, has become increasingly important to every single business owner, executive, manager, and employee. Customers no longer want to be locked in. They want great service, fair prices, and innovative offerings. If they don't get these, they'll go elsewhere. As a customer these days, aren't you frustrated more often than not? I find spending money as tough as making it. Think about all the aggravations you've had as a customer and the number of times you've turned away from a business because of poor service. So what is exceptional service? Well, it means different things to different people in different businesses at different times, so I can't define it for you and your business with a general statement, but I can give you an example of a company that has nailed it. Walt Disney preached that customers should be viewed and treated like guests. That's why at Disneyland, all the employees from the broom pushers to the managers learn how to direct guests to any attraction and how to answer the most common questions. They're taught that they are important to the success of each guest visit. My favorite Disney marketing principle is do what you do so well that people can't resist telling others about you. Following this principle gives you marketing leverage, a lot of leverage. If you get one customer from an advertisement, that's one thing. But if you get that customer plus three referrals, who in turn refer two people, that's nine new customers from leverage rather than a direct monetary investment. The good news is that if within your industry service is worsening, this is your opportunity to stand out. Today, I want to talk about five key points related to the total customer experience that I'm going to cover. Number one is company culture. Number two, create a compelling brand personality. Number three is people. Four, hone your operational excellence. And five, create raving fans, all those loyal customers. So let's begin with company culture. I would never invest in a company that didn't know who its customers are or one that didn't care deeply about them. Would you? The companies with the right stuff to thrive in the customer economy have one key element in common, a corporate culture and a set of core values centered around caring about customers, not as revenue targets, profit contributors, or advertising magnets, but as people. Customer loyalty and lifetime customer value are two of the key metrics that foreshadow success in the customer economy. You can't build either one if you don't truly care about your customers. 
The values that will help you create a core customer-centric culture often stem from the leader of the company and are transmitted through stories, tradition, and folklore. This means instilling deep values in your employees from the outset to give customers great service, to treat them with respect, to always offer customers a fair deal that is easy to understand and to provide highly personalized service. You see, the culture of an organization is the glue that holds the company together. It's what you stand for, your principles, your core values, your beliefs. It's your passion coming from the heart that you love your clients and are totally invested in their successful outcomes. It's your attitude. It's the belief that everyone in your company makes a difference. To make a difference means affecting another person, group, or situation. It's nearly impossible to remain neutral as you journey through each day. Paying attention to others, giving them the respect they deserve, and politely serving them makes a positive difference. Your culture, it's your expectations. Every time there's a question about priorities or trade-offs, you need to ask. Does this decision improve our customer's experience of doing business with us? You want to be the difference and turn the ordinary into the extraordinary. A little thought and reflection will quickly help you see the difference you can make in any activity or event. Figure out how you can change your ordinary actions into extraordinary ones. Your company culture is the living, breathing spirit of your organization. True success depends more than anything else on the spirit of the people involved in it. And the spirit of those people is a reflection, always, of the spirit of its leadership. In fact, managerial failure within an organization is directly related to a leader's inability to build relationships and a team environment. The culture must be continually reinforced, discussed, and adhered to, which means that you have to revisit the company's values and mission and make sure everyone is on board. Second, you want to create a compelling brand personality. Though it is important to demonstrate consistently to the outside world that you know what your brand is about, Ultimately, it's even more important first to demonstrate this internally and to continue to do so at every opportunity. A brand is a living concept we hold in our minds for years. What goes into them is both logical and irrational. Some of the most lasting brand images are purely emotional, memories of exceptionally bad service, of a product that failed to deliver on its promise, or of one that exceeded our expectations and blew us away with its screaming performance. In our minds, we store the moments in time when a brand stopped us in our tracks and made us think deeply or even inspired us. Years and years ago, <laughs> my mother and I went to a fast food restaurant. 
we both ordered a hamburger. Now, this is back in the late 1960s. I was probably eight years old, and I can remember my mom and I both damn near died of food poisoning. So in all those years that this fast food restaurant has continued to market to me on radio, I see them on billboards, and I certainly see them on television, how many times do you think I have gone back and bought a hamburger? Never! Because that brand has resonated for years as the company that gave both my mother and I an extreme dose of food poisoning. How about Jose Cuervo tequila? How many of you resonate with tequila? I can tell you honestly that, my gosh, I don't even want to go there during the dark years when, you know, I had a a bad experience with Jose Cuervo. A lot of fun at the time, but the after effect. And so for many, many years, I've been unable to drink tequila. There's one brand over any other that has absolutely captivated and catapulted a culture over any other, and that's Harley-Davidson motorcycles. They represent the open road, personal freedom, and rebellion. I mean, people actually tattoo their brand on their bodies. So when you talk about the brand, the brand image, understand that the first point of contact is the first point of impact. You must understand and know that your brand is going to create a response from me first and foremost before I ever see your product or experience your service, which is different from your marketing, your branding or brand width, as I like to call it. It's everything your customer or potential customer sees, hears, smells, feels, tastes, thinks, or even wonders about your business. Anything that causes the customer to form an impression or just have a thought about your business is marketing. Your brand is your core message. What sets you apart from your competitors? How do you create value for me? Your brand is how do you intend to deliver on that value? And do you really understand the psychology of why I am buying from you? Are you, if I use your product, is it going to make me healthier or happier, more secure, successful, beautiful, or richer? And bottom line, what's in it for me, the customer, to do business with you? We're emotional beings. Our decisions whether to do business with you are all based on what we think in our head, what we feel in our heart, and what we immediately experience, our gut. So let's be absolutely clear. Your marketing strategy starts, ends, lives, and dies with your customer. From your logo colors, your signage, how everyone answers the phone, what your office looks like, does your written correspondence have typos and grammatical errors, Your brand is your core message. What sets you apart from your competitors? How do you create value for me? How do you intend to deliver on that value? Do you really understand the psychology of why I'm buying from you? Is your product or your service going to make me healthier, happier, more secure, successful, beautiful, richer? Bottom line, 
What's in it for me, the customer, to do business with you? We're emotional beings. Our decisions whether to do business with you are all based on what we think, our head, what we feel, our heart, and what we immediately experience, our gut. So let's be absolutely clear. Your marketing strategy starts, ends, lives, and dies with your customer. From your logo colors, your signage, how everyone answers the phone, what your office looks like, does your written correspondence have typos and grammatical errors? What do I experience when you put me on hold? What does the box look like when your product arrives on my doorstep and everything else that touches the customer? Everything I consider to be a customer touch point. Your marketing is exactly how you tell me, the customer, how you intend to deliver on your promises. And remember, your energy and that of your staff is also an extension of your brand. I'm going to pick up on the third section of what it is to have a total customer experience. And that has to do with your people. Be right back. This is Lisa Bossell from Project Management Institute, Northern Nevada Chapter. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she helps business leaders learn. Sherry Hill is professional and inspirational. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kiddos. More coffee, dear? Yeah, honey, but just a bit. It's going to be another hot one today. Doris and Phil next door are getting their swimming pool ready. The kids were asking when they could invite their friends over for a pool party. Let's go to Pool Supply Outlet today. Good idea. I saw the Pool Supply Outlet TV spot last night. Everything in the store is super low priced. We need chlorine tablets, pass the salt, and this year I want to get some noodle swords and a big blow-up shark so I can be king of the pool. Right, babe. Pool Supply Outlet also has great prices on robotic pool cleaners. Pass the butter. We should get one so I can spend more time enjoying the pool. You mean so I can spend more time enjoying the pool? And your koi pond. That's right. Pool Supply Outlet is right next door to Oasis Pond Maintenance and Supply. They've got the best prices in town on pond treatment and fish food. Hurry up so we can get going. Do you know how to get there? It's at the corner of Glendale Avenue and Marietta and Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue. I also want one of those cute duck decoys. Pool Supply Outlet, 881 Glendale Avenue in Sparks. Pool Supply Outlet, Reno.com. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. The starting point for success is your own vision and image of yourself and your business. If you think you're a commodity, a generic product, or a service like any other, then that's what you'll be. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll do what everyone else does. You'll price the same way as everyone else, and you'll sell, market, communicate, deal with people, and relate to clients the same way as everyone else. And worse yet, if you behave just like everyone else, then you've already accepted your business's death sentence, allowing it to be marginalized by the marketplace. Or you can strive for greatness in your impact and contribution to the marketplace by joining Sherry Hill, innovative, 
and inspiring certified business instructor as she joins forces with the Cube at Midtown to bring you Catalyst Live, a 12-week deep dive program starting Thursday nights, May 19th through August 4th. If you're ready to move your business from stagnation to stunning growth, then go to www.cubeatmidtown.com to learn more and register today. Seats are limited, partner discounts available. Go to www.cubeatmidtown.com. Before you know it, the hot days will be here again with temperatures scorching into the 90s and even the 100s. SunTech solar screens block 80 to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. And SunTech solar screening protects furnishings and flooring. Call SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. This is Leah Cartwright, Government Relations Manager at J.K. Bells & Associates. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has the ideas that make Reno work. The millennial generation gets great ideas from the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Customers are in control. They're reshaping business and transforming industries. Technology completely changed the game. Customers have all the tools, internet, phone, user-friendly apps that have completely reconfigured their relationship with our business. It's about their time, efficiency, and transparency They have become multi-channel consumers. True, customer relationships count. The value of your present and future customer relationships will determine the value of your company. This means that the breadth and depth of your relationships with your customers and your commitment to sustaining and growing those relationships for as long as possible is what we call customer capital. Customer capital is the sum value of all customer relationships. The number of customer relationships you have, the depth and quality of those relationships in terms of their capacity to generate current and future earnings, the duration of those relationships, your customer retention, and the profitability of those relationships. Plus, customer experience matters. The feelings customers have when they interact with your brand determine their loyalty. Customer loyalty is rooted in experiences. The experiences, everything they feel, that each customer has in learning about, acquiring, using, and sharing your products and services with others. And it all starts with your brand. So I was, I was talking in the last segment, I'm talking about the five key points related to the total customer experience, and I talked about company culture, second is creating a compelling brand personality, and number three is people. The hiring patterns you establish today will determine the kind of culture, the kind of service standards, and the kind of reputation you have tomorrow. Hire the right people, and it will be a culture that breeds excitement and performance. Hire people who suck, and your culture will be one you simply tolerate and make excuses for. Employees must come first, which means hiring right. The biggest challenge is not building a company of bricks and mortar, but establishing one of hope, love, service, freedom, communication, fun, and trust. 
These values create, protect, and promote your corporate reputation, your culture, and ultimately your ability to attract and keep the right people. Remember this, a company is who it employs. So the people you hire must understand the company values. Understand your brand message and how you expect them to deliver on the promises you make. Be trained and keep on training them for success. Did you know employee indifference occurs because employees receive no training regarding effective interaction with customers? They simply don't know how to provide service to a customer. The people you hire must know that each and every time a customer conducts business with your company, that person leaves feeling either better or worse about the encounter. So let me ask you, when a customer shows up, calls, or sends an email, are they acknowledged with enthusiasm? Are they made to feel welcome and important? Do you smile at them and use those fabulous words, please, and thank you, and if you know it, address them by their name? Honestly, how many times have we experienced the feeling that we were actually interrupting something or that my presence at the counter is purely a distraction? Here's an interesting tidbit. Research constantly shows that the first three seconds influence client satisfaction more than every minute of service that follows. Are your phones always answered within three rings and warmly? Is your office alive? To help create that impression, put a vase of fresh flowers on the receptionist's desks. A powerful influence, it turns out. Another interesting statistic is the lesson of 24. Studying two customer service groups for its commercial clients, AT&T found that Group 1 enjoyed a 40% higher rate of customer satisfaction than Group 2. For weeks, they couldn't figure out why. Then, the discovery group, one, had a written policy that required employees to follow up with their clients within 24 hours of a call, visit, or engagement with a simple message, is everything okay? Did you get the information, answers, service you needed? Is there anything more we can provide you? I can't even begin to relate how powerful it is to follow up within 24 hours, always. And then, within five days after a significant prospect or client contact, send a written thank you. If you remember this formula, 3, 24, and 5, I guarantee these moments will work magic and build your business all at the same time. All right, I'm still talking about number three, which is the five key points related to the total customer experience. And number three is people and a critical factor, communication. There are four fatal assumptions that business leaders make concerning their communication. One, people understand what was communicated. Two, people agree with what was communicated. Three, People care about what was communicated. And four, people will take appropriate action. 
the biggest problem with leadership communication is the illusion that it has occurred. I have a saying that I remind myself of every day. The quality of my communication is the quality of the response I get. Let me repeat that. The quality of my communication is the quality of the response I get. Miscommunication, poor communication, or no communication will always create problems. I also want to talk about behavior. Behavior is what people do, and much of it is conveyed via verbal or nonverbal communication. Examples of nonverbal behaviors are the salesperson who fails to greet a customer, a fellow worker who shows up late, a repair person who leaves a mess. All communicate something. Two important rules of communication are, one, anything can and will communicate, and two, the receiver of the message determines what it means. You see, every customer encounters two interrelated personalities, the personality of the individual who serves the customer and the overall personality of the organization. This organizational personality is what I discussed earlier, the company culture. Let's take it a step further. How are your employees dressed? How does the office, store, or shop appear to the customer? I'm a huge believer in feng shui, the flow and circulation of energy within a space. Are your areas clean and organized with comfy furniture so I can sit? Or is it cluttered, messy, with old worn-out furniture and magazines from two years ago? The key question you must ask yourself when a customer shows up, will they feel comfortable and relaxed? And related to experiences of nonverbal communication, how many of us have ever gone into a bank at lunchtime and there's two teller windows open? I can remember one time I was in line behind about seven other people and one of the tellers was working on several cashier's checks for a customer and the other was helping an elderly woman cash in her savings bonds. I started observing the bank manager who sat at her desk with her head down working on some paperwork and only occasionally look up and do nothing. I also noticed that the drive-up teller was sitting on her stool doing nothing. So after about 10 minutes, with the line growing longer, I yelled to the drive-up teller and asked her if she could start to help all of us in line. I can remember the manager was startled by my loud and highly frustrated request. The drive-up teller started to say no, and I interrupted her by stating very clearly that yes, you will. Everyone in line was glad I spoke up. I found it very sad that I, the customer, had to step into the manager's role to get all of us waited on. I never went back to that bank again. Another effective communication skill is that often outstanding managers ask questions. They already know the answers to in an effort to understand employee perspective. Here's another huge concept with regards to people and so often missed in companies. How do you know if you're winning the game? If you took the goals out of any sport, you would remove the most significant aspect of recreational pursuits, goal setting and goal striving. If you took the goals out of basketball, you would have 10 guys running up and down the floor dribbling the ball. 
If you took the goals out of hockey, you would have 12 players on the ice fighting. When we walk onto the tennis court, soccer field, or football field, we know where we have to put ourselves and what our performance has to be to score. We must have that same challenge, that same opportunity, that same motivation when we walk into the office in the morning instead of waiting for the phone to ring or the mail to show up to get things happening. Goals in recreation are clearly defined, and as a result, motivation in sports is at a higher level than in business. Can we bring that motivation from sports into the workplace? Absolutely. So I ask again, how do you and everyone in your organization know if you're winning the game? Individuals want to know the status of the organization, the company's ranking, the direction, mission, and the standards of the game. That comes from the communicating CEO. A CEO is a coach asking incisive questions, forcing people to think, to discover, and to search counselor, consultant, and referee. You have to provide resources and tools to your people so they can do their job, and you have to provide the appropriate goals, objectives, and motivation to facilitate getting the job done. When I come back, I'm going to tell you about the three different kinds of workers, and we're going to find out if many of you are winning the game of business. This is Joe Fitz from Project Management Institute, Northern Nevada Chapter. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she brings the Northern Nevada business community together. High-level thinkers are tuned in and they listen to The Sherry Hill Show. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. SunTech Solar Screening is proud to offer innovative products, giving you control over your environment and increasing the comfort and value to any residential or commercial building. Call SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. SunTech Solar Screening, 775-352-9396. This is Sue Churchill from Project Management Institute, Northern Nevada Chapter. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is enthusiastic and knowledgeable about project management value to companies big and small. Thank you, Sherry. If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Developing a great brand becomes a core asset of your business. Understand that successful business isn't just about the numbers. What does your company stand for? What kind of values do you wish to project to your employees and customers? The road to excellence begins with defining, then embracing a positive, effective company culture. 
Today, I've been talking about the five key points related to the total customer experience. Number one, company culture. Number two, create a compelling brand personality. And number three, I'm still on people. You see, there are three kinds of workers. Those who know they are winning, those who know they are losing, and those who don't know the score. Winners keep track of results. Losers keep track of reasons. What gets measured is what gets done. What gets measured is what gets managed. Most people are not getting the right things done or prioritizing what gets managed, which explains why they are tired, struggling, or frazzled. They don't know what to do next because they're not measuring their results. Measuring allows you to see exactly where you are, if you're getting better or worse, what needs to be corrected, and what it's costing you to not change. It enables you to focus on a process and what activities you need to change to accomplish a better outcome. And then what happens when goals are met, like reducing turnaround time, increasing sales by 10%, reducing costs, etc. How do you recognize your employees? How do you reward your employees? And how do you celebrate accomplishments? Understand that we do business with people, not companies. Success is built on relationships. We do business with people we know, like, and trust. So I want you to think about your company. How easy is it for me to do business with you? How easy are my interactions with your company? Do you give me choices? Can I shop online, through the internet, telephone, catalogs, one-on-one, -on -one, or do you offer consultations? How are you educating me, the customer, about your products and services, or do you make me do all the work? Do you bend the rules sometimes? Being in the moment. You see, we don't know why someone is mad, upset, frustrated, and realistically, you don't have to participate. How in tune are you with regards to the efficient use of my precious time? Waiting in a lobby, long hold times, slow decision-making process. You have to look at all of that. Do you provide reliable fulfillment, delivery, and support? I want to talk about integrity because truly at the heart of service, quality is integrity. Your service is your promise that at some future date, you will perform a task. The integrity in a service, then, is the integration between word and deed, between promise and performance. When your promises and performance match, you have integrity, something that clients want and need. Integrity is quality. We inspect products before we buy them, eyeing them from every angle to ensure that they'll perform. When we inspect a service, we look for all the clues that will tell us the service will be performed as promised. To do that, we must look at the people promising the service and ask, do we believe them? We believe people who earn our belief, those who tell the truth, even when it hurts them. Their insistence on making sure that their words and actions are integrated makes them our trusted source. When you tell the truth, People know what to expect. They feel more confident, a welcome feeling in this age of mistrust. They can rest assured and worry about something else. 
Build integrity throughout your organization. Hire for it, reward it, demand, deliver, and tell it fearlessly. Integrity matters and works. The fourth key point related to the total customer experience is number four, hone your operational excellence. Every single point of contact with a customer, which includes your employees, vendors, and customers, should be seamless. My grandmother, who I consider to be a professional shopper, is the reason I understand customer service so well. Let me share a quick story. It was a Sunday morning and the paper, full of ads, was sitting on my grandmother's lap. She tucked an ad for Kmart into her purse and off we headed for the store. The doors had just opened and she, with ad gripped in hand, pushed her cart towards the jewelry counter. Now at the time, my grandmother was in her early 80s and so pretty much reached that age where anything goes. She reached the counter and this very young girl approached her. I was headed in a different direction when all of a sudden I heard those fatal and very loud words pierce the morning silence of the store. What do you mean you don't know? Yes, the ad said one thing and the sales clerk had no idea what was in the ad, had no idea that that particular product was being featured in the ad or that it was even on sale and of course had no idea where to find it. Every single point of contact should be seamless. This means written policies, written procedures like operational checklists, training programs and cross-training programs, developing effective communication channels with employees, and of course, systems. You see, doing a good job has two parts. Part one, doing the job right the first time, and part two, having a plan in place to deal with things when they go wrong. Having systems that allow you to do both of those things are more important than all the warm and fuzzy feelings in the world. After all, it doesn't make any difference to our customers how nice we are if we don't do the job right or, at the very least, immediately take charge of the problem when something goes wrong. It's like going to a restaurant. They can smile till their jaws ache, hold your chair for you when you sit down, and refold your napkin every time you leave the table. But if the food is no good, you're not likely to go back. Every business is composed of a group of systems. Those systems must work together to create a process that is efficient and responsive to customers' wants. When McDonald's began their quest to serve the perfect french fry every time, there were no national standards for potatoes. The United States Department of Agriculture didn't have a grading system which said, this is a good potato, that one's better, and the one over there is awful. In addition, no one knew exactly how hot the grease used to fry the potato should be or how you could guarantee that temperature would remain constant during cooking or how the potatoes should be stored to keep them from spoiling. By the time McDonald's finished, they had helped establish the quality standards for the Department of Agriculture. They knew what kind of soil the potatoes should be grown in to achieve the consistency they wanted. 
They even created their own frying equipment to ensure that the potatoes cook the same way every time. To me, this story exemplifies customer service. By devoting all that time and attention to the ways potatoes are grown, stored, and cooked, McDonald's has virtually guaranteed that the fries they serve you will be good every time. They're consistently good because almost every variable that could cause them to be less than perfect has been eliminated. Seamless service includes staying on top of your internal systems, like hardware, software, preemptive maintenance on equipment and machinery, maintaining your database, on-site security systems that address liability issues and risk, adequate inventory and supplies. I was in a pizza parlor one day for lunch and ordered a specific type of pizza that included the use of fresh herbs as part of the topping. I was told that they were out of basil and was that okay? Fine for today, however, I did mention that two doors down in this particular shopping center was a very large grocery store and that maybe someone, like the manager, might want to take 10 minutes and go buy some so that the future customers would not be as disappointed. How hard is that? Why didn't the manager go to the store or send another employee before the lunch crowd hit? To me, so much of the customer experience is just using plain old common sense. Internal systems also include the chain of command for decision making. Who do your employees turn to for help? We assume that they go to the people who are most qualified. However, that's not the case. They will go to the people who are most accessible and they look for someone who would help them without making them feel stupid. No one wants to lose face, admit a mistake, or feel unsure about what to do next. So the people you actually want answering the questions need to understand what you expect from them. And you have to remind them that dumb questions offer a teachable moment. Then the people who seek help will learn that going to this particular expert solves the problem and doesn't make them feel bad. This can effectively reduce mistakes being made over and over again. Seamless service makes you think about external systems too. Delivery trucks, use of wholesalers or distributors, an answering service, and whether your salespeople are handwriting orders or using laptops. Do your strategic alliance partners or independent contractors representing your business deliver the same promise as you? Do you solicit surveys, testimonials, and then more importantly, listen to feedback, the customer complaints, returns and refunds, everything positive and negative? Do you treat every single problem as an opportunity? Honestly, there should never be a customer complaint department. However, reality is that some people do like to complain, so what is your process to resolve complaints in a way that deals with the emotional and practical aspects of the issue? You have to listen. This means being quiet while that individual vents their frustration. Be empathetic. Listen for facts and feelings. Resist the temptation to start responding too quickly. Show signs of active listening, like brief interjections or clarifying questions. Through questions, we can gain an understanding of the severity of the issue in the mind of the customer. This also is how you can evaluate what will satisfy the customer. 
Respect the fact that they have a legitimate complaint and it is their perception of the customer experience you're dealing with. Follow through. Often complaints cannot be resolved completely on the first point of contact. If you need to get back to the customer, do so quickly and thoroughly, even if the complaint has been resolved. Create a reason to contact the customer again. Look for ways to give added value. Every single complaint should be treated as an opportunity to solve the root cause of the problem within your organization. This means taking ownership of the issue so you treat the disease and not the symptom. One of my favorite books, Built to Last, has a chapter dedicated to good is never enough. Great companies don't ask, how well are we doing? Or how can we do well? Or how well do we have to perform in order to meet the competition? For those companies, the critical question is, how can we do better tomorrow than we did today? They institutionalize this question as a way of life, a habit of mind and action. Superb execution and performance naturally come to visionary companies, not so much as an end goal, but as the residual result of a never-ending cycle of self-stimulated improvement and investment for the future. There is no ultimate finish line or a feeling of having made it. There is no point where they feel they can coast the rest of the way, living off the fruits of their labor. The concept of continuous improvement, not as a program or management fad in a visionary company, is an institutionalized habit, a disciplined way of life, ingrained into the fabric of the organization and reinforced by tangible mechanisms that create discontent with the status quo. This means long-term investments in the development of employees. It means adoption of new ideas and technologies. In short, doing everything possible to make the company stronger tomorrow than it is today. This means thriving on discontent. Understanding that contentment leads to complacency, which inevitably leads to decline. When we come back, I'm going to hit the fifth key point related to the total customer experience that I want to cover, which is create raving fans. Stick with us. Bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. Bye, kiddos. More coffee, dear? Yeah, honey, but just a bit. It's going to be another hot one today. Doris and Phil next door are getting their swimming pool ready. The kids were asking when they could invite their friends over for a pool party. Let's go to Pool Supply Outlet today. Good idea. I saw the Pool Supply Outlet TV spot last night. Everything in the store is super low priced. We need chlorine tablets, pass the salt, and this year I want to get some noodle swords and a big blow-up shark so I can be king of the pool. Right, babe. Pool Supply Outlet also has great prices on robotic pool cleaners. Pass the butter. We should get one so I can spend more time enjoying the pool. You mean so I can spend more time enjoying the pool and your koi pond that's right pool supply outlet is right next door to oasis pond maintenance and supply they've got the best prices in town on pond treatment and fish food hurry up so we can get going do you know how to get there it's at the corner of glendale avenue and marietta and sparks pool supply outlet 881 glendale avenue i also want one of those cute duck decoys pool supply outlet 881 glendale avenue in sparks pool supply outlet reno.com the starting point for success is your own vision and image of yourself and your business if you think you're a commodity a generic product, or a service like any other, then that's what you'll be. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You'll do what everyone else does. You'll price the same way as everyone else, 
and you'll sell, market, communicate, deal with people, and relate to clients the same way as everyone else. And worse yet, if you behave just like everyone else, then you've already accepted your business's death sentence, allowing it to be marginalized by the marketplace. Or you can strive for greatness in your impact and contribution to the marketplace by joining Sherry Hill, innovative and inspiring certified business instructor, as she joins forces with the Cube at Midtown to bring you Catalyst Live, a 12-week deep dive program starting Thursday nights, May 19th through August 4th. If you're ready to move your business from stagnation to stunning growth, then go to www.cubeatmidtown.com to learn more and register today. Seats are limited, partner discounts available. Go to www.cubeatmidtown.com. This is David Cole, author of Go From Zero to Hero on LinkedIn. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because her focus is educating business owners how to take it to the next level. Sage advice and guidance is what you get when you listen to The Sherry Hill Show. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit SherryHillShow.com. Your business has a core message. And remember, you're the champion first and foremost for your brand that tells me, the consumer, exactly what you are going to do for me, what sets you apart from your competitors, how you're going to create value for me, and how do you intend to deliver on that value. You have to understand and know that your brand is going to create a response for me first and foremost before I ever see your product or experience your service. Why? Because it's everything I see, hear, smell, feel, taste, think, or even wonder about your business. Anything that is going to cause me to form an impression or just have a thought about your business is the emotional connection that I, the customer, are starting to formulate about your company. I've been talking today about what I consider an absolute must in the business world, and that's understanding how your business, how your people relate through the total customer experience. And so I talked about company culture, creating a compelling brand personality, your people. I spent a lot of time on your people, honing your operational excellence. And now the fifth key point I want to cover is create raving fans. Customers are much more likely to become and remain loyal if they identify with your brand, if they have a positive experience every time they come into contact with it, and if they build positive relationships with those who represent your brand. And once customers develop a gut-level sense of what your brand stands for, they'll be your most vocal advocates or your most vocal critics anytime you violate the spirit of your brand identity. Here's an interesting fact. If you ask loyal clients of any company why they remain loyal, they will give this one answer more than all others combined. Do they mention excellence, quality, skill, or price? No, not very often. They answer comfort. In this age of so many choices and messages with trust declining and mobility and opportunity splitting communities and family connections apart, and with so many of our choices involving things we cannot see or inspect, today's client feels uniquely uncomfortable. 
This means clients crave comfort more than anything. So what are some of the ways you can answer that craving? Perceived expertness comforts people. Companies that look and sound expert, that look and dress professionally, and appear often in newspapers and magazines comfort anxious clients. Clarity comforts. It helps people understand, which makes them more confident about who you are and why they should choose you. Integrity comforts. It assures people that, in a world of considerable uncertainty, they can predict what you will do from what you say. That feeling is rare, and because it is rare, it is valuable. Expressing your genuine interest in people comforts them, too. It assures them that you will protect their interests as well as yours. It lays the foundation of trust, the centerpiece of a lasting relationship. Even your passion comforts people. It shows you love what you do, which increases the chances that you will perform well. Yes, passion comforts. You love comfort. I love comfort. Clients love comfort. Comfort above all else. We admire excellence and envy superiority, but it is simple comfort that captures and keeps us. You and your staff must understand the difference between being a product-centric company, sell me something, versus a heart-centric company. Deeply care about your clients and their outcomes. So how do you develop a client for life? Well, they talk about you and or your company in a positive way. They directly sell for you. They send new business to your door. You should reciprocate by connecting them with people, companies, and resources that would benefit them both personally and professionally. Remember, success is built on relationships. So I have a final thought. Passion, inflamed by belief, and purpose wins. Passion can be found in the heart of a great business. Some people might question if belief and passion is any way to run a company. They want a process, a chart, a system, something concrete, seven steps, eight keys. But alas, when we search for the hard nuggets that drive success, we don't find them. Instead, we find something softer, passion, not skill, acumen, talent, or experience. Passion. Build a company that fills you with passion and then spread its flames into every corner of your business. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for The Sherry Hill Show.